Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Fanboys. Tomek, how are you? Very good, Steve. Good, good to be here again. Yeah, we're coming back at people pretty quick because after the Chicago Marathon, I sent you a text and said, we've got to hop on this one. I have an episode I want to cut because I want to tell a tale of two races. So I'm not sure this will be a standard Fanboys episode in the sense that we're just going to ro roam freely over all the different races. Really what I wanted to do, Tomek, was just kind of get let people get kind of a an insider's view of, or maybe not insiders, because I'm not sure how much insiders we are, but a view of breaking down a race um, rather than just talking about what happened in the race, more along the lines of two different ways of running a race that can turn into an un something unbelievably amazing and also looking at how a race that someone might call a failure can end up being an incredible success still. And so what I'd like to do is break down the women's race at Chicago 2022, Ruth Chepnetic, how do you say it? How do you say it? Chepengetich. Chepengetich. Chepengetich, yeah. Chepengetich. Unbelievably crazy race that she ran. Um, and we want to break that down for you a little bit and just talk about it a little and then have some some um, everyman conversation about it afterwards, like what it is for two people to be thinking about this, minds blown, and also sort of picking the pieces up from what might be viewed as a failure. And then also contrasting that with another race, that of Emily Sisson, who ran a negative split in her race, broke the American record in dramatic fashion. And... Um, and then maybe we'll do a short little recap of thinking about them and kind of compare and contrast a little bit and then talk just a little bit about the state of women's marathoning because it's a little bit crazy what's going on in women's marathoning. So, Tomek, let's talk about these two races. First, let's start with Ruth's race and give me a little bit of an idea. Give people, guys, a little bit of an understanding from your perspective. You, did you watch it in real time or did you um, follow it later? How did, you, how did you come to paying attention to this one? Yeah, I watched it. Um, and yeah, uh, let's, let's, let me start first. Watching the American broadcast for those races is so disappointing. That is just driving me nuts. It's almost I wish I didn't watch it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for stating that because it was the worst production that has ever happened. Or it, or if it's not the worst production ever, it's at least the lowest of the lows God. in terms of patheticness. Um, to say nothing, and anybody who's listening and saying, you guys are saying bad things about the wheelchair athletes. <laughs> no, I coach a wheelchair athlete. I have no problem with the wheelchair. It's just that there's mo four races going on, and we don't need to get all this information about two races, of which the vast majority of people who are watching it are not as concerned with that particular race. So anyway, there was a lot of coverage of the wheelchair race, very little coverage of the the race, men's and women's races comparatively, and then no coverage whatsoever of Emily's race at all. And right. so, yeah, it was really bad, really, really bad. Oh, yeah, yeah exactly. What uh, Emily's race uh, came to, to our screens in like maybe mile 23 or something for a little bit. Some kind of over over the head kind of shot. But then, you know, there was was also let's 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 just finish with this broadcast. There was also, you know, Connor Mans who was going was like most anticipating debut. We didn't even see him once. What on earth? But anyway. 
So yes, I watched it. I watched it as as was developing uh, the race, and um, nobody was talking before uh, before the race. As far as I know, that somebody is gonna go so fast as Ruth did. So as we, you know, as we were watching, and the first mile for women was like what four fifty. Um, 450 yes 450 right so something thinking some someone may think oh no no it's just you know excitement and stuff but first mile was followed by second and third and fourth and fifth and sixth and all will be below five minute pace um but yeah so she opened right um you mentioned to to bring some splits so tell us some some splits she, she hit all right i wrote these down for her because they were just crazy um First mile, as you said, 450. 5K in 15.11. Which is what pace? 15.11 um, is 4.52 or 4.50 pace, somewhere around there. Which is 2 2.07.50. Right. She's world record pace, just so you know, when we talk about pace per mile, world record pace is 5.06. Okay. <laughs> so she goes through the 10-mile marker, which I think more people will be able to appreciate, is 49.49. 450 pace. Again, world record pace is 506. She's averaging 15 seconds per mile. She ran the fastest 10 miles that's ever been run in an open 10 miler. The fastest 10 miles that have ever been run in a marathon. The only time that women have ever run faster is two women have run faster. Two or three women have run faster through 10 miles in a half marathon. So, and those were crazy world record times that those women were running. Each one of those was a world record in the half when they did it. Yeah. And so she goes through the 13.1, so half marathon in 65.44. So if she holds on, she runs 2.11.30. But she keeps going. Okay, her 5K through, again, 5K world record pace is 15.53. Okay, so she goes through the 5K at 20K, between 20 and 25K, 15.53, so same as world record pace. 25K to 30K, 1558, only three, only five seconds slower over a 5K from that pace. <laughs> so at 30K, 18.6 miles in, which is the point we frequently talk about being the tale of two races, right? If we talk about how about having a marathon be broke down from 30K on is when we kind of think of it. Americans like to think of it at 20 miles, but Europeans think about it more around 30K because that number is a little more clear. And so she goes to the 30K in 134.04, which is 212.44 pace. So, she, yes, she's slipping some. She was like a minute slower over that time, but she's still on 212 pace. But then it gets a little bit rough. Um, she basically runs 16.24 for the next three 5K, so way behind world record pace, and then 16, I think 16.40 or 16 something, something like that to the 40K point, and then she rallied a little, but she misses the world record by 10 seconds. The world record is 14.04. She runs 2.14.14, and she misses the world record. And, of course, the first thing you hear are pundits basically saying, God, what an idiot. I can't believe that she did what she did, and I just got so angry, which is why I wanted to record this episode, because mm -hmm. my view is, listen, I'm going to cut, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to hide the punchline here, right? Um, this was one of the greatest races we've ever seen. Yes, she didn't pull it off on race day, but she went after it. And T, she's made this mis quote unquote mistake before, 
All right. And so that's where people kind of got grumpy with her because last year she did the same race and she went through the first half, I think, in something like 67 something, 67 something. And then she ran a 74 for her last half. Right. So she just died. But she did it again, but she goes even faster. She doesn't die as much. And the reason why I want to talk about this race is because I want people to be put on notice. This is what we're going to see now from the Kenyan athletes and the Ethiopian athletes. Whether we see it from the rest of the world, I don't know. But what we're seeing right now is akin to watching a moon landing. We are watching right now, in, live in person, seven, eight women accosting this world record, basically all of them saying, I don't know, but 214 is not as fast as we can run. We can go much faster. And they don't know exactly what it is. So Ruth just went after it and said, I'm throwing down and let's go see. She went after it. And yes, she blew up, but mark my words, what we just saw, even if Ruth herself is not capable of turning this into something else, what we're seeing is somebody who said, you know, it's to me, it's a lot like what they talked about in 1492 before Columbus decided to go off the quote-unquote map, and he was going to, they say, Flatlanders, they said he's going to go off the edge of the universe. He's going to fall off. This is what Ruth did. She said, no. Pa Paula set it up for us this way. Paula had the courage to go after it, but even she was a measured approach. What we're seeing here is, to me, the most courageous, toughest, gutsiest, dumb, maybe if your result if you want to say that it's dumb to win a world marathon major and beat everybody by four minutes, okay? She still won the race by four minutes. So if you know you're that much better than everybody else, why not throw down? What do you think, T? Yeah. 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 She actually, her second half was still faster than Emily's, you know? I know. <laughs> Which is crazy because you think she was like dying, but she wasn't really. <laughs> <laughs> and that, to me, is why I think this race needs to... That's why I just wanted to bring it to people's attention. Even if we only talk about another five minutes and we shut this one down and we post it and we put it up there, I just want it to be said that I think what we're seeing here today, we've been watching in all of 2020, 2021, well, 2021, 2022, really, Bridget set it off, right? When Bridget in 2019, Bridget Koskai in 2019, when she beat Paula's world record and everybody thought, that world record was going to stand for a very long time, and Bridget jumped the shark and got there so fast, so quick. People were like, oh, crap, here we go. I remember watching that race. That race was so right. much fun to watch, right? And then she, and then, yeah, and Bridget was supposed to be in this race. Can you imagine if she had been there in that race? Um, and, and then, you know, Ruth goes after it again last year, 2020. There's no Chicago Marathon because of the pandemic. 2021. Ruth goes after it, runs, goes out in 67 and says, hey, watch, we can make this happen. I can do this again, too. Now, she falls off and dies and runs 222, but this year she does it again. And now we've seen the world record multiple, many, many women now going down below the 217 number. That was sort of the threshold we saw in Berlin. We saw the Ethiopian who ran, what, 215 something and only her second or third marathon. And so we're seeing a renaissance. And I just want to bring it to people's attention. Keep your eye on this. I don't think it's too surprising. I won't be too surprised if we see women get down to 212 in the next year to two years. I mean, year to two years. I think we're going to see this world record just continue to get slashed and slashed and slashed because we have so many women now operating at the highest level. They have minimal race opportunities to do it. They're going to highlight these big, fast races to go get it done in, and then they're going to get some good weather days, and they're going to get after it. 
And I just want to be put people on notice to say, hey, pay attention to women's marathoning right now. We're seeing an unbelievable renaissance, something we've never seen in the women's race before. Because yes, we had Paula do this, but we've never had the number of women that we have right now getting ready, run, ready to run fast. Yeah, it was amazing. I think it, for me, it was, was bigger than what Kipchoge did in Berlin in, in terms of opening 59 compared to 65 and the way she went. And then, you know, I'm watching, I'm, I'm looking at this picture at 5K mark when Ruth is leading and a few meters behind her is, is a Pat Tiernan, 27-20 guy who's trying to debut at a marathon. And she's going ahead of him and behind him, like, 50 meters or so there's a group of americans that's going to try to break 210 and they i wonder what they're thinking <laughs> i know their minds it? must be blown they're like <laughs> at first they're probably like she's crazy and then they're like whoa okay especially maybe crazy at 5k and 10k but not at 10 miles right unbelievable just just i mean i just i just want a hat tip and say i think it's one of the greatest Okay, it's the greatest failure we've ever seen in women's marathoning, in my opinion. Okay, it is, it is, it is so epic that everyone's going to change the way that they approach the marathon now. All the women are going to change the way they approach it. Why? Because they have to. They absolutely have to. If they don't, I don't know, they're, they're not going to be able to get with what's next. And Tomek, I mean, yeah, we only have one more big one more big major coming up this year because we'll have New York coming up. And of course, everyone knows New York is not really a place to run particularly fast, but why don't you, you, you know what you're going to be in Valencia this year. Who else is going to be in Valencia this year? <laughs> the, the biggest talent in women running probably. Um, let's, well, I forgot her first name, but her last name is Gide, right? Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth Gide. Elizabeth Gide. Yeah. And She's she, got the world record in the half. She broke the world record in the half and destroyed yes. it and crushed it. And everybody was like, what yes. the heck? She was in the hunt. She, she destroyed people at the, at the world championships when everybody thought that she was going to be out the back. She actually found a way to make a race that no one expected to happen happen. She's operating on all cylinders. We're seeing someone who's Kipchoge level at the 5K and the 10K running the marathon in her prime without the break. And she is known for her courage, her toughness, her willingness to get after it. And now she's got this chip on her shoulder where she's a world champion in the road, on the, on the track, and ran away from people she wasn't supposed to run away from in a way that was just so impressive and inspiring. We didn't, get to, we didn't cover that race, but it was one, my top, one of my top three races in all of the world championships this year was her run in that 5K and the way she raced that 5K was just I mean, we wouldn't have expected it, right? We would have expected that in a different... We would have expected it to play out a little bit differently, and it didn't. She was just so courageous. It's just crazy. So we've got her still to come in terms of what a 2022 that's looking to be the, by far the greatest, the greatest period of, of, of women's marathoning. And we've got another event, and I just think as we go forward, we're going to see more and more of these. It's just unbelievable. Um, one yeah. more thing before we, we, we pass up on her race. I just want to note this. To all those people who give shit to the Chicago Marathon, I just want to say this. The world record and an almost another world record was set on this course 
People need to shut up about Chicago not being a fast course. We need to keep it in the majors. We need to keep it a main race that's run. Yes, occasionally we get bad weather days. But when we get a good weather day, the women have shown it's, the, it's unbelievably fast. It's a great place to run fast. The men haven't come for this race for some reason, mostly because everybody's kind of chasing because Kipchoge has kind of set these times. But now I'm like, people, look at this race. This is a absolute world caliber race. Why else do you have two women in the last three years run 214 there? And, you know, it's like, I, I just hope, yes, if you get a bad weather day at Chicago, it's not a great place to be. But if you get a good weather day at Chicago, as we saw in 19 and 21, unbelievable performances can come down. And let's not sleep on Chicago. And everybody wants to talk about New York and everybody wants to talk about Boston being the main majors. But, hey, Chicago can go toe-to-toe with Berlin and London for the fastest marathon in the world. And because it is. Now twice it's been the fastest marathon in the world for women. Yeah. And today, actually, is the 20th anniversary, 20th anniversary of Paula Radcliffe's 217.18 in Chicago. Yes. <laughs> Unbelievable. That was the first 20 big... years. Can yeah. you imagine? I mean... So that was the first wow. big jump, right? Twenty When she ran 27, yeah. 2.17, and then she ran in London With men, to... Yeah, yeah at 2.15. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just unbelievable what we're seeing 20 years it's been and now we're seeing women doing what they're doing and this is how it works this is how moon landings happen tomek yeah they don't happen right off the bat you have one person get out there do something crazy and 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 then it takes people a while to catch back up but what we're seeing i think with the kenyans and the ethiopians is um is a is a is a is a war between each other but also with the race and they they're taking no prisoners and it's just so inspiring to watch and so inspiring to be someone who's a fan of it at this time and saying, you know, Kipchoge's great, it's wonderful. It's, it is a little ho hum when you consider. I mean, we just did an entire episode on don't call Kipchoge ho hum, but then just watching what Ruth did, and I'm like, okay, wow, I, I, I got to eat my words because the women's race is so exciting. And then also, yeah. it's exciting for us as Americans. Emily Sisson, finally, you know, you and I have been talking about was she going to get it right? Could she get it right? I mean, she only ran a couple before this, but it just, it just seemed like her promise had not come to fruition. But in Chicago this year, Tomek, she definitely came into her own. And she is now um, the current best American distance runner, American marathoner. And yeah, we've got two others who are in the mix there to be able to run with her stride for stride. But we've got now something happening in the American side that the Ethiopians and the Kenyans are playing. Yeah, we're doing at a different level. Again, as you said, Emily's second Emily's second half was not even as fast as um, Ruth's falling apart first half. But but this is the other thing I wanted to do. A tale of two races. Ruth runs a crazy race. Emily runs a perfectly executed, absolutely textbook, amazing, wonderful race. She gets a negative split, a pretty considerable negative split, but nothing so big that you're looking at it going, what's happening? And I and you and I both saw this. That last four hundred meters, Tomek. This is what we. What I want those everyday runners to be watching this. You too can finish a marathon, flat ass flying and throwing down over the last four hundred meters if you time it right. You can, if you if you judiciously set up your race in the first half, you can run faster in the second half and still kick it in at the at the at the end of the race. But what does it require? You need to know what kind of shape you're in. Emily 
ran without a watch. Now, she had a pacer, okay? Yes, she had a pacer, but she had no idea where she was on race course. She was never looking at her watch to mess with her internal rhythm. She said, my pacer's doing the job. I'm just going to follow my pacer, stay in the space that I need to stay in, and she rolled. And I'm not saying that people need to go without a watch, but what I'm saying is she had her watch, but she didn't let anything mess with her. And in fact, she was almost assured that she wasn't going to get the American record because the coverage was so pathetic, they didn't even have a camera on her. This is so... How can we be still doing this? It just, I just don't understand. I just don't, I just don't get it. But we're not going to, we're not going to harp on that. But she thought she wasn't even, she didn't even know if she would, she knew there were two things she wanted to do. Get under 220 and get close to the world, go get close to the American record. If she could get the American record. So the whole way that she's running, when we talk about negative feedback loops, she had to have been hoping for that world record all along. I mean, American record all along, but because she didn't get any internal she got no external feedback loops to tell her that she was on it. So what did she do? She just retooled, stayed with her pacer, and said, whatever he's doing, I'm going to be doing, and I'm just going to stay the ghost. I'm just gonna, I guess I'm just going to run under 220. Maybe, and she didn't even know if that was possible. So, I mean, I just want to say, Emily Sisson showed everybody, stay with your plan. If your plan, if you have the fitness to do what you think you can do, stick with your plan. Don't change it. Don't do anything. And guess what? She could have freaked out. And gotten all up in her head and bailed out and not got that she didn't. She just stayed with it. It was just, again, a tale of two races. Ruth runs this crazy cycle first half. Emily's race is as beautiful as Ruth's. And a better, quote-unquote, result, given that she got exactly what she was shooting for. I'm certain that Ruth was trying to get the world record. Um, but Emily gets what she wants, but there's just two. There's lots of different ways to do this. And sometimes, maybe you need to run the way Ruth did. And sometimes... Yeah, 90% of the time you want to run the way that Emily did. But it, it, Emily's race was picture perfect. We have just seen, I mean, I know that all the other American distance runners, female marathoners, have got to be looking at her. Sarah Hall, um, Kiara D'Amato, if Jordan Hussey is even in this picture, if say in the, in the future, you know, in the future, like Emma where Bates, yeah. Emma Bates, I mean, we've, they've all now, they, we've all known that Emily was going to be there, but now it has been set. And if you want, I mean, watching that race, I was like, this girl's she's, she's capable of 217. She's ready for 217. She just needs to, she just needed to get, she just needed to get through this first race, you know, and see where she was at. Um, and I mean, not first race, but this race where everything lined up the way it was supposed to, instead of having all the other things fall apart. So anyway, I just, what are your thoughts on Emily's race? It was beautiful for sure. And, and, and you know, more I, at first when I heard when she said I had no idea about times, I didn't know even what to think. And apparently she didn't, there was not even a clock on the finish line or something off was like that. And, and then, you know, there was no, like you said, there was no cameras on her, which usually they have a clock. So, but somehow she was able, you know, there are clocks on the course and somehow she decided not to bother with looking. She just trusted those two guys that were with her. And then, you know, at first, first half or or, or more, uh, there were other women with her, you know? I don't know when she actually um, uh, went on and and was second. Well, she was behind them at the halfway point. She was was in like fifth or sixth at the halfway point, or at least the 10 mile. But yeah, yeah, I logged on and then saw the coverage was so bad and I started to get my, um, I started to get heated and, you know, I had my family watching with me and they didn't want to hear me cussing (laughs) and yelling. So I actually turned it off and then went back and watched the rest of it later because I just couldn't 
take it. But yeah, she was behind um, in, and, and stayed back and then ran through the others as she went after running her own race and doing her own thing. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> one thing, one thing um, you, you mentioned, she, she had a, seems like she had a perfect, perfect, you know, um, training which is no injuries, major at least. And, you know, they knew. Ray Tracy, her coach, um, actually, uh, she shared after the race that last last thing he told her was like, see you in two hours and 18 minutes. That's what mm. he told her. <laughs> but then she, she needed to still execute, like you said. She needed not to allow the, the, the mind um, over override, you know, or scared um, her from, from going. And, and yeah, it was perfect. And, um, and it was also, you know, at the finish line, I love, I love the four um, or three other ex-marathon um, record holders, Johnny and Dina and Kiera were there and they were all took nice photo and chatted so that that was kind of nice and maybe that was the best thing of the whole production to just kind of include that <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, i guess uh, Joni called Joni called um called dina when she set her record yeah. dina was either there or she called um kiera after she did hers and so they yeah. all all three of them were able to be there for emily that's got to yeah. mean a lot to emily um yeah. but it's got to i mean in my mind as good as Kiara is, she's now like that. Like, what's gonna? It's gonna be a real interesting thing to see what happens with D'Amato because she came on the scene out of the blue. I mean, we all knew who she was before because she'd had a good pro career prior. But she came blowing out of the out of came out of the gates blasting, and she's kind of been in this in this honeymoon phase. And the honeymoon ended at Chicago 2022. The honeymoon is over. Yeah. It actually kind of ended at. Berlin or London, whichever race she ran. I forget which one did she do, Berlin or London? Berlin, yeah. Berlin. So it ended for her. Now she's in the mix with everybody else trying to figure out what to do and where to be. And now there's a number of them right in the same spot, all vying for who's the best American. And going into 2024 Olympic trials, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what plays out. We do know that the Paris course has been announced for 2024. And a lot of people are speculating that Emily's not going to do very well because she didn't do well in the prep for um, Tokyo because the Olympic trials course was hilly in Atlanta and was challenging all the way through. And that if she makes the qualifier, which at this point, I don't know how she won't. If I were her and her coach, I would shoot for third and see what happens and just keep yourself in third position and make that team. But I think that they'll have a solution for that. It doesn't, doesn't, there's nothing going on with Emily biomechanically that indicates that she shouldn't be capable of running well on hills. So it just must be something that's going on between her ears and some kind of challenges that she's had in the past. She's been a good cross country runner. She's been a good road racer. So I don't know what's going on with that, but I think that that problem, that sort of Achilles heel or thorn in the side is going to be addressed in their training in the coming months and year, and that she will be present and correct when it comes time for the Olympic trials and the Olympic exactly. games. But it's, I don't think... We, we, we're judging everything based on one race, right? Atlanta, that was extreme, was up and down, up and down. And then Paris is flat, 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 up, 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 down, 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 flat. You yes. know, so, so it's, we don't it's know. Complete, yeah. yeah, much exactly. easier to train for, and much easier to yes. plan and strategize yes. for in a training yes. program to create those kinds of challenges to have them in place. Yeah, yeah. and we'll see. And then you know, b back to Kira. I think she will, she will, um, 
she will be much better. I think she's better half marathon runner. I think she can still, I, I bet she's looking to, to push the half marathon, maybe attack the American records. Because, uh, you know, based on her winning streak of 10 mile and, and 15K US championships, 10K even, you know, I think she's more speedier. Uh, a person and she has a great you know 10k 10k pr on a track she so. does yes and then she kind of trains like 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 half marathon there only she then does. she just runs the the, the marathon you know so yeah I, I it'll be maybe she will she will come um i'm guessing maybe houston to try to run another american record for for half marathon this time but uh, we'll, we'll see it's it's very exciting and then you know i'm um we know uh, you know a lot of women that race last year chicago you know emma bates that you mentioned and also sarah they right racing new york city so that will be interesting how how they approach that but that's you know different course um i don't know who then i'm guessing a lot of women will run uh, cim as well and maybe valencia and uh and but yeah it's 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 internationally and domestically you know it's the new marks are set and then we're gonna see we're gonna see women going after this, seeing new, new, you know, seeing that there is a land, right? So we can all travel now <laughs> and explore. Absolutely, absolutely. And you and I covered this um, last time, but I'll just mention it because all the haters gonna hate. So I just want to throw it out there. Yeah, we're seeing things change because of the shoes, and people are running faster because of the shoes. But it's now something we can stop thinking about and talking about because people. Because Emily wasn't wearing the specific shoe that everyone else is talking about from Nike because she's sponsored by New Balance. Now, of course, she had a carbon plate in her shoe, and I'm sure she had some kind of advantage plate there. But again, can we just leave that topic alone? A New Balance athlete, not a Nike athlete, broke an American record, got second in a world marathon major, and was only beaten by a woman who almost broke the world record by two minutes. And was, I mean, so, yes, Americans aren't quite there yet, but but we're getting there, and I think the internal rivalry that we're going to see, the healthy internal rivalry from these women who all respect each other, but yet will, they will have a really healthy competitive vibe going. And I think we'll see the American record move down towards that 216, 217 range relatively soon because another threshold has been broken. Um, but do, are we going to see the women in America get down to where they are at the elite level in the world? I don't think we've got a chance to see that anytime soon. I just don't think that the mindset is there. Um, you can talk doping if you want to. I just prefer not to go into that range. I'll just say Americans have limits mentally that aren't there. But I do want to say this for the men. Get your shit together. Connor Mance had a great race. He ran incredibly well, and he ran 208. And what was, un what was wonderful was that he could tell in his post-race interview he was disappointed. That's what we need. We need young men to get into the race sooner so they don't get jaded by 209s. And a guy comes out and runs 207, I mean 208, does a great job. He'll be, he's going to be running for the U S he'll be at our world champions. He'll be at world championships and Olympics and major marathons for the next 10, 15 years. He's going to be a real player in this game and he's going to change the yeah. landscape because before it was just Galen. Okay. Now Galen's got somebody he's got to race. And not only that, there's going to be a bunch of other guys who say, I want to do what Connor's doing. Cause there's no reason they can't cause Connor's not some preternaturally unbelievably talented guy. And he does have white skin which a lot of Americans for a long time didn't think that was, and he's not an alien like 
like, you know, this created machine that everybody says that Galen was. Like, we have a real American man who is a who, and not that Galen wasn't. I have a fan of Galen's, and I don't, I don't want to say that, but people have that perception of him. And then we have these other Americans that have run really fast that are really East African in descent, East African, East African descent, or at least genetics, if nothing else, right? You got Meb in that category. You've got um, multiple people in that category. So I think that now we've got, you know, you're, all the Americans should be on notice that this is the standard we expect. And as fans, we should expect it. And we should not be applauding 210 performances from elite men, period. We're Absolutely. not applauding. We're applauding women individually who run 225, but none of us is going to talk about somebody running 225 unless it's an individual person having an improvement of a great level. We're not going to say, oh, did you hear this person ran 226? Oh, some this girl ran 226? We're not going to say that unless we're just going to be talking about that particular girl and how much she's improved. So we should be doing the same thing with the men, and my feeling is 210 is passe, blase, move on, let's get down everybody down to the 208s, and let's rock and roll there and get everybody moving in that direction sooner than later because – the men are so, so, so far behind. Yep. And we saw that. Uh, so there are two, 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 two stories that I like from the men race. Uh, Americans, you know, first that was, what are you saying? You know, there's, there was a 28 flat guy from Hanson Brooks, Zach Penning, who I've been following because his ex-fellow D2 guy from Grand Valley State, 28 flat. You know, how many Americans there are 27 low, right? A lot. And Zach ran 209 low, 20 something or 30, something like that. Was a second American. And so that's huge, right? So if Zach can run 209 low, yeah. 208 and Frank Lara went for it too, right? He put his nose in there. He, and he that's actually the second blew story, up. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he just blew up, but he actually put yeah. his nose in it, was running there with Connor. And he, you know, I think we're going to yeah. see more and more of that where it's not just Parker Stinson bozos who go out. I love Parker. <laughs> Parker's a friend of mine. Parker, you know, I'm talking about you back in the day, but you love to throw down and get out there really, really fast. But we're going to see, I don't think Frank was in that category. And I don't think Parker is neither. Parker seems like he's turning the corner, but you know, he's been known in the past for kind of throwing out there or, or CJ Albertson, who we both love, but has a tendency to get out there and go out really, really fast, but not necessarily finish it. Um, you know, those guys are going to end up right now. We think of them as courageous and heroes in a sense, because we have so many Americans that aren't doing it, but I think we are going to see some talent start to move into that direction. And hopefully, you know, we don't have to wait for, you know, we don't have to wait for like Bernard Lagat to get 40 years old to start marathoning. We can maybe get some of these guys getting after it right after they get out of college and start really turning the wheels over and having a real, real focus on it. Um, and, you yeah. know, and in a lot of ways, you know, the guy who led the, led the way this is, um, is Galen because Galen came right out of the box. I mean, yeah, he was still running the 5K and the 10K, but he was always, the marathon was definitely the plan. And I think if they did it all over again, they would have put him in the marathon sooner. They would not have waited to, to, till they did. They would have done it. They would have done it sooner than they did. You know, yeah. I, I, I think so. Yeah, you mentioned Frank and, and then Parker. Uh, and they both come uh, from um, Roots Running Projects, which is Boulder, I would say, <laughs> or maybe consider secondary pro group and they have their own individual contracts but you know frank lara lara for, for example is sponsored by out ultra which is the known for more trail running uh, apparel and shoes and and um 
and Parker is with, with Saucony. And I heard Parker is racing CIM actually. And yep. so that's that's well, fast. He'll, he'll go out. He'll go out really fast for the first half. Probably. Yes, but. and and a CJ that you mentioned, uh, I heard, who just set 50k uh, world record. He's he's racing Valencia actually. Yeah, so great. that will be interesting. Awesome. Yeah. So we'll have two Americans. So and hopefully they're buoyed by this performance and see yeah. it and can can see that they're. Um, anyway, we've got a lot of Americans who have the potential to do this, right? We know there are, yes. and maybe we see a Grant Fisher not wait too long. Now, of course, he's in the. I mean, he's in the program that's not going to really let him do that. But, I mean, in my mind, Woody should be moving up already. If he's got any – I don't know what Woody's long runs look like. He's not very, very biomechanically efficient, so maybe he's not the right guy. But, you know, they should move those guys up sooner than later if that's what they're doing because, you know, I know that's not Jerry's cup of tea necessarily in terms of what he's done for performance, but the, it, it just doesn't make sense. There's no phys- There's no reason anymore to be thinking that when you run a marathon that you can no longer run fast in the 15 or the 5. You can still run as fast in the 15 and the 5. And, you know, somebody who may blow this out of the water, and he's been hinting at it. I mean, everybody thinks he's joking. But if Jakob Ingebrigtsen runs a marathon, and I probably won't do it before 2024, <laughs> but my guess is there's no way he doesn't run, a, run one after 2024. My guess is he debuts in a fall marathon or a spring marathon in 2024, 2025, and then everybody's going to be like, what the hell? And then he'll still come back and probably try to run 2028, try to run the 5K 1,500-meter double. And if that happens, we will now have it (laughs) officially rewritten. Yep, and thanks to G'day, we can see that, hey, you can do this. You can run at the highest, highest level across the board here. Don't be afraid of it. And there's no reason not to do it. It's just some old wives' tale, and as, as Kipchoge would say, limited thinking, limited thinking that's not allowing them to do that because there's no physiological reason whatsoever. Yeah, you can't run a really fast marathon and a really fast 1500 meter in the same cycle, but you can do them separately if you do it right, in my opinion, personally. Now, the 15 might be a bridge a little bit too far, but a dude like, what would you what would you think? What do you think that Ingebrigtsen can run for a marathon? I mean, I think he can run 207 without without very much problem at all. And my bet is that he debuts in the in the half when he does it in 59 and in, in well, 60 minutes yeah. or just, I mean I think well, that's where he's going to debut. Yeah. yeah, so it's like what are we thinking now? And if he does that, I think a lot of this sort of western white european american view will break down and everyone will cuz I think it's the Kenyans and the Ethiopians have been limited by their federations who are ju- predominantly led by these coaches who have been western white mindset which is still set in the 90s and the 80s training methodologies and methods even though all these all these people have trained changed their training they're not changing the way they think it from a per, this perspective and obviously um now you might argue okay what about the women's marathon we're not seeing these other women in the marathon running that but why squared is a world record holder in the half marathon. I mean, we're, you know, we're seeing definitely the half marathon is in play because these women are saying they need to run the half fast to run the marathon fast. And maybe not all of them are running the 10 K, but then again, you would have to get your federate those two countries. I mean, you can barely make the team, the top three on your team. If you're the best in the world at your event. So why are you going to miss a world championship or an Olympic games by putting your egg in that basket when you can kind of point and shoot? at a world marathon major because they're not selecting their Olympic teams based on some performance they have on a given day. And as we've seen, some women, 
and men don't perform the very best at their national championships when they're running it at 7,000 feet of altitude in the heat of the day because they don't make the adjustments. So, you know, there's a lot of other little factors here that people don't talk about that are going on that make a make women say, well, why would I run the 5K and the 10K? My guess is they're ready to do it. They just don't do it, you know? And another interesting person to be watching for this is the Kenyan, um, what's her name? The, 50, the woman who moved up from the 5 to the 10, um, and then ran the half and went out super, super fast at the half that we talked about. Remember, she went out so crazy fast at the half. Why is my brain farting? She's a world champion at multiple time. Oh, my brain. A Kenyan woman. Kenyan. Anyway, uh, who won twenty twenty? Who won the 2019 World Championship women's 5,000 or 10,000? You mean Helen O'Beary? Yes, Helen O'Beary. Remember, we talked about her. And when she when she debuted in the half, she went out crazy psycho oh, yes. psycho fast. And I'm telling you, she's now somebody from the Kenyan side who's got those chops who may be moving up and doing all that. Thank you for helping she, me with her name. But you knew she's racing New York City. So there, you know, and then and she just ran in the world championships at the 10K and the 5K. Yeah. So yeah. there we go. Like more and more we're seeing it. I just think the more we see that, the more we can bang on that drum, the better. Yeah. And for those of you who are listening who are wondering, oh, how does this relate to my own personal training? You should be doing work at all the different quote unquote paces in order to be ready to run a quality marathon. And then you can also go out and win your local Toki Trot or do really well at your local Turkey Trot a couple of weeks before you run your big marathon. Like it can happen. Our folks in Austin, they're running half marathon and 10 milers the first week of November because that's, and they're like, whoa, should I do it at my marathon pace? No, you're ready to run a PR. If you're ready to run a PR for a marathon, you're ready to run a PR for a 10 miler for sure. So go out and get after it and take it down. Now, of course, we're running the 10 miler on a very hilly, tough course, so they're not going to run really, really fast. But the point being, if you're fit, you're fit for anything. Yeah. And you should not be afraid of these different distances and these different focuses. Get after it, get in there, and you're, enjoyment of the sport will exponentially raise because guess what those of you running marathons you guys have one chance <laughs> yeah i mean if you decided to get ready for a 5k you could run three or four or five k's in the span of a couple weeks and then get yeah. it right but if you don't get it right or get a good weather day or have a bad day on you know you get the spills the day before the race you're gonna have a really really hard time so anyway you know i'm an apologist for this tea i talk about this all the time like be ready no, for you're everything bringing such a good subject because i've been just thinking about it over and over because i'm like why you always say right the marathon always wins but like why is such a you know, we put so much effort, we, we try and try and, 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 and we fail. Like, what's wrong? We just, you know, where is the mistake, right? What is the looking at the splits? Is that a mistake? Not listening. Not racing enough. Is? Not racing enough. Not, not knowing, racing you know, because enough. you spend so time, so much time in training that you don't get yeah. those feelings of getting the number on your chest and getting the nerves and getting all that. And you, you forget the rituals that you have to put in place when, you know, when yeah. we were running at the college and, 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 college level and beyond we were we have so many of them coming up in rapid succession that you get rituals to deal with the nervousness you get your yeah. cup of coffee that you have before it you go to the bathroom at the same time maybe you listen to the same soundtrack as you're getting ready to go and people don't practice that stuff so when they show up on race day they're not ready with those kinds of nervous system drop down things because they haven't gone i mean there's just i mean i could go through time after time after time you just don't have a chance to learn of any, the only lesson you can learn in the marathon is going to be a very, very brutal lesson, almost always. 
<laughs> and, you know, I've made this statement. I've been saying this for 20, 15, 20 years. The 5K and the marathon are brother and sister races. They are very, very similar. You can race five 5Ks and you will learn about how to adjust, how to handle your, your ability to run on an edge from a 5K. It translates to the marathon. It's just spread out over a much longer period of time. But you can't yeah. go out too fast. But if you go out too slow, you'll leave time out on the, on the course. I mean, there's all these different things that are super parallel as opposed to the half marathon and the 10K, they're more gentle races. They're e you can screw it up a little bit. You screw a 5K up, it's over. You screw a marathon up early on, it's over. You know, you've got to get it right. So run some 5Ks to practice, or at least do 5K all out of, I mean, the best 5K workout you can possibly do, which I know marathoners at every ilk, at every level, in every program are doing 5K workouts. Well, go out and do the Aussie 5K. Go out and do so, or go out and pick a 5K race to do your 5K workout at, and get after it. Bury yourself and realize, okay, how did that play out? If you can't do it during the race, then at least afterwards, try to go back through the race and figure out what you did right and what you did wrong. And my bet is it will parallel what will go on in the marathon. So whatever challenge shows up in that race, if you don't rectify the situation, fix it, figure out how to turn that screw a little bit, then you're probably going to find something else that'll look a little different, okay? But it'll still be a duck. It'll be quacking like a duck, it'll be walking like a duck, but it just won't look like a duck um, because it's got because it's run in a marathon form. But it's it's going to be the same thing, very very likely. <laughs> yeah, and all this talk we're doing about women marathon, and we never, you know, trying to guess what uh, Sifan Hassan could run in the future too. <laughs> oh, no, no. Yeah, we haven't even <laughs> talked about her, who who is not afraid. She started the half marathon early. Yeah, she did it really early. And we know she's crazy. That woman will do just about anything. So if anybody was ever going to come back and do the old um, laissez-vire in Emile's auto peck, it would be her, wouldn't it? Someone who would yeah. try to do, win the 5, five to 10, ten and then come and marathon. She's somebody who would might who might very well try to do it. Although now G'day, now we've got G'day in the mix yeah. there. She could be somebody that does yeah. it as well. And I yeah. just, I mean, we didn't get to talk about her. We could do a whole episode just on her. Maybe we will before well, they well, run, yeah. before Valencia, because she is just somebody we all want to be watching. She is just, she wears her heart on her sleeve. She's so tough. She's had such a rough and tumble career. She's had all kinds of challenges and things thrown at her. And she's quiet. She's not real vocal. And of course, she's Ethiopian, so we don't see them as as much out in in you know they're not they're not presented to the world in such a way. But her story is just pretty amazing, and I would just love yeah. to track her and go through her career for people to see, especially going into Valencia, because I do think it's very likely that if she can get it right in the first time, that she will break the world record. Yeah, yeah. She comes back from, um, f she comes from that tribe that is is going through hardship, you know, in Ethiopia. And her parents are, you know, separated. They're all separated and, you know, constantly li living in, in, in a stress stressful situation and, and such. But, you know, she she's like the Bekele, you know, won two World Cross championships as a junior, you know, and, and, and as a senior. And it's just champion on the track, champion on the road. She can yeah, do it all. Yeah, she's got it all. Yeah, yeah she's yes, got it exactly. all. No, that was, well, T, that was thank fun. you for... Like, yeah. Thank you for breaking this down with me. I just wanted to make sure. I knew that if we waited a week or two, it would just end up being a part of some other stories that come up because something will come up. And I just wanted to play out this idea of a tale of two races that you can run it differently you, and then you can learn from things and that not all quote-unquote failures are failures because the the feedback, the learning loop that that Ruth is on, Ruth Shep Negetic is on, is unbelievable. Be 
be aware she will be ready for the next race that she runs for sure. Um, so, and you know, we're, we've, we, we, another episode we could do is just an episode on women's marathoning and go through each of these women and be sort of setting. Maybe we'll do that after Valencia when we get when we get to see what today's event is. Looking forward to 2023 where we don't have any. We've got a world championship, but the women don't seem to get after the world championships quite as much as they do um, the Olympics. And maybe we'll see tracking from from you know Tokyo through all the majors, how they, we can unpack it so that people going into the new year can kind of follow women's marathoning as we see what I think we're going to see is is just a fireworks of unbelievable performances um, because Ruth did set it out there. I mean, you're going to see women go out faster because now people believe they can. So expect to see more fireworks. I mean, you're going to yeah. see people go yeah. out fast for sure. And to finish, you know, um, this weekend, actually, I'm kind of interested because it's um, it's an Amsterdam marathon and a couple of women that were mentioned uh, both I think they debuted in the marathon. One is one is I'm not not too excited. It's 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 the Dibaba that used to run on a track super fast. Mm-hmm. So I you know I'm not expecting much from her. But the second she's one she's a little is older, actually, right? She's yes. a little older, right? Yeah. But the yeah. second one is Alma Zayana, who you oh, we know. Oh yeah. Oh, she yeah. did this crazy to- uh, Rio twenty nine something zero. <laughs> yeah, when solo. she stunned the whole world, then she was yes. injured. Then she had a child, and I know she raced uh, Ethiopian Championships ten k um, qualifier for she the was world at the champs. Olympics. She was at the she, world champs, but she just didn't have a she, great day there. Yeah, yeah but I, th- you know, she was still, com- you know. Uh, you she know, was there to the last 150. Yeah, she was there to the last 150, right? Yeah. I, I, you, you never know what, what she may do, you know? And yeah. especially so. she's kind of like a, kind of looks like a heel striker kind of. And they say mm-hmm. those super shoes are, are, are good for people like that. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't surprise if she just goes 215, you know? <laughs> yeah. And Tiranesh Dababa, I mean, she's got the genes and she's done amazing yeah. things. But yeah, I would, I bet, I bet you Dababa runs 218, 219, but... It's, per- it's perhaps Tirunas. Can... Tirunas was her sister. <laughs> it's, it's oh, that's the, the older Gen- one. Uh, uh, Gonzabadi Baba. Oh, like that. yeah. yeah. I don't know Baba. which one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not the 1500 meter runner, though. That, that one. one. That one. She's running a marathon? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I, expe- <laughs> I predict 225. That one's a head case, man. That one, that one, yeah. well, she'll break the world record or she'll run 230. That'll be one of the two. Who knows? She's, yeah. She is very much like Bekele. Like you'll get something amazing or you might just get a shit. You just might get a big pile, steaming pile of shit. Who knows? We'll see. I'll yeah, be, I'll yeah. be, we'll be following that one to see. And T will be back. T and I will be back with you in a week or two. Get back with yeah. our regularly scheduled thing. We just wanted to do a special episode. So hopefully you guys enjoy it and we'll catch up with you later. Take care.